Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Natasha. Hello, Roger. Hello, Susie. Hi, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing a song for us, but nobody can hear it. Oh, no. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, we definitely can, uh, you know, know this. It's actually playing 48 to 50 seconds into the song. So that's really nice. Oh, I just no. don't get it. Oh, and where's yeah. the chat room? <laughs> that's right. Oh, there we go. <laughs>
Well, we we do have the funnest show around. Never know what's going to happen. Say. Jeez, and then I wanted to play again. Didn't want to play at all at the beginning, but that was Rose Will Decay by State of Emergency. So everybody can just talk. This is anarchy here. <laughs> saying hey to Matthew, saying hey to Natasha, Susie Clevenger, um, and all the fine people who are tuned in live and on the archives. So we have a jam-packed show today. Right, Natasha? We do. It's always jam-packed, whether we mean it to be or not. <laughs> yeah, I know. I looked out that cafe window. Yeah. <laughs> I looked out that cafe window, and it scared me right back inside. Oh, my gosh. Going on I haven't on left the streets. house. You did who? I'm afraid to leave my house. The world is just, uh, it's chaos. It is indeed chaos. And I think that uh, your something to consider is very much so something to consider. I don't know how many people think it, but all you have to do is open up your paper you know, like I do, and then look through the window. Editorials. Time to protect the Great Lakes from spill Spill is now. What are they doing? You know what they're doing. Um, fixing Michigan roads should not come at expense of job creation in Michigan. You know, these some of the headlines are just, you know, ridiculous. Lyme's disease, high-risk areas expand in Michigan and other states. Do you have uh, those ticks up there where you are? Yes. Yeah, we do. I went uh, hiking the other day, and I felt this little tickle on my arm, and I looked, and there was a damn tick on my arm. And, you know, this is not Oh, and you really got to watch the pets, too. Oh, the pets have carry them? Yeah, well, we have a long-haired papillon. And we've just shaved them down because of that, because they get tangled oh. in the fur. And even back home, they were starting to get bad as well. So. Mm-mm-mm. Well, we also have um, a very important article uh, that we read this week too. It's hackers steal files right from your wallet. It's got something called ransomware, means you pay to get your data back. Isn't that lovely? Gosh, and they can also take over your vehicle, too, according to some recalls. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, they just had a, a report here, down here, on Chrysler. And Chrysler, you know, they hacked into it, and they take control of the vehicle. They said it's not just Chrysler. It's Ford, oh, no. General Motors. Anytime you have that crap on your car, they can hack into it. That's hey, just what we need. Anywhere. Baby monitors, baby monitors have been getting hijacked. It's, you know, the connections are great, but they come with back doors. And, you know, mm-hmm. people just aren't as uh, nice as they should be. <laughs> well, this ransomware is pretty rough. And uh, Susan Tompor of the Detroit Free Press writes, time to queue up the soundtrack from Jaws as the cyber sharks are circling. 
We've been and seen credit and debit card breaches at the Detroit Zoo gift shop and other zoos. We've read news on hackers who stole social security numbers and other data from more than 21 million people out of the U.S. government computer systems. And now we're hearing about something called ransomware, the latest cyber scam that involves trying to extort money from individuals and business owners by infecting and taking control of the victim's computer. Ransomware isn't just a great plot for a TV series, such as one used several months ago on The Good Wife on CBS. It's a real-life threat for individuals and some businesses. It's one more real-life reminder of why you need to back up files and should never click on links, open attachments, or visit websites if you're uncertain of the origin or the sponsor. Basically, the scam artists hold your data, your photos, your music, your other computer files, and hostage you until you pay up. The ransom? Victims are being asked to cough up anywhere from $200 to $10,000. Often victims are asked to use Bitcoin to pay the money. Bitcoin. I don't have any Bitcoin. (laughs) I don't want any Bitcoin. Wow. The FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center issued a report in late June to warn that ransomware continues to spread typically through a threat called Cry to Wall and its variants. The FBI's ICCC said that it's received 992 Cry to Wall related complaints between April 2014 and June 2015. Victims reported losses, now get this, losses totaling more than $18 million. Oh, my. And we don't even have that much. Yeah. That's just one type of ransomware, say the experts. We have seen many more cases. Many more cases. Especially in the past year. Gonzalez, president and CEO of Enterprise Risk Management, a cybersecurity company in Coral Gables, is the reference on this. Targets for the scheme, she said, have included small law firms, small to mid-sized entrepreneurs, and others who might have less sophisticated protections in place on their computers. In some cases, the said ransoms have been 20000 15000 for some small businesses. What about tiny businesses like us, Natasha? <laughs> I, I would be oh. held ransom. I, there's no way. Squeak. That's incredible. There goes your lunch money. There goes your lunch money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need 24 cents in Bitcoin, Natasha, to retrieve your your lunch. And then you say, yeah, I don't okay. want it. <laughs> I don't and want I'm it. Like, my lunch. Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? I know. Isn't that awful? So before we steal, t- oh, before we steal too far into the show, um, let's let's find out what our agenda is for all those listeners at home. We got some sounds, some cameos, some poetry readings. We got a selection or two from Matthew and Natasha and Matthew. 
Were it not for gravity is one of the songs coming up here. And if it weren't for gravity, all the money would be flying out of our pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you want to listen to Were It Not For Gravity? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. This is Natasha and Matthew Hatt. Were it not for gravity, the Bitcoins would be jumping out of our pockets. Dips lightly through a puddle, giggles at her dancing reflection, warping her words like copper to penny. She dances through wildflowers, shrunk from the aroma of sun bleached wheat too late to harvest. She walks a fine line between what is and what was, while visions of what will be turn up in a curve held by a small town carnival vendor. He doesn't know the future from his asshole, but can quote the scriptures he breaks with every flip of her. She laughs in the face of restrictions, defying odds, battling statistics, knowing there was never any poetry to sound in the numbers. She hides from the facts, devours the fiction, and knows, were it not for gravity, she could fly. Powerful, were it not for gravity, the Bitcoin would be flying out of our pockets. <laughs> so, on you, something to consider. What is your scheduled for today? And you have an we're interview too, don't you? To, yeah, yeah. We're going to bring Matthew online here, and we're going to talk about creating and some of his work, and tell you where you can find him and all that good stuff. And my something to consider is. Pretty basic this week, to like or not to like. Mm-hmm. Going to talk about social networking and all those wonderful, close connections we build. Right. And then Susie has something for us too, don't you, Susie? Yes, I do. I'm. My piece on Artifact is going to be about Memorial Herman Hospital. Oh, Okay. Sounds like we've got a full schedule there. And the fun one, too. Um, so we're kind of in the mood for looking through the windows, seeing all these things. Susie, had you heard of the bit, um, the Bitcoin before? Yes, I had. I hadn't really did, done much investigation, yes, but I've heard about it. Ah, do you have any? <laughs> no. I, I <laughs> I don't either. So anybody listening, if you think you're getting Bitcoin out of me, I don't have any. <laughs> I don't even have any <laughs> game coins on, uh, coins on Amazon. So, hey. <laughs> what was that, uh, Susie? What did you say? I don't even have any game coins on Amazon. Oh, I don't you either. You can <laughs> on Amazon. I don't even have any of those. Mm. Well, it's certainly been challenged with these Bitcoins and you know, all this money, which is really worth nothing. Oh, I had heard something that <laughs> I don't, I heard this, or I wouldn't ask it, Natasha, but are, are you guys up in Canada having plastic money now? Plastic, 
we do have new bills that are like, yeah, basically plastic, but they're still bills. Oh, are they like slippery and stuff from being? Plastic? Oh yeah, it's very like waxy, smooth, shiny. They feel like they could oh. melt. <laughs> oh no! See, at least with a bill, you money, could. So. It's pretty. It's so pretty. We've got purple and blue and red and green. I just love, I love our money. I'd love to have more oh. of it. <laughs> I, yeah, and then, and, then the, and then you can get some Bitcoins along the way, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, oh my, my wallet gosh. in the real world and virtually is, is, you know, always hungry, so. Oh, I think all of ours are. It looks like an empty mouth when you open it. Feed me. Feed me. me. (laughs) But there's going to come a reckoning one of these days, isn't there, Natasha? Gosh, I hope so. My goodness, I. I, How much more we can take? Right. I mean, that's got us, me and my family, shuffling cross country and back and forth. Right. It's just trying to etch out a decent life. Right. So you know, I had to leave home and. Yeah, it's been tough. But I do see that you have something called reckoning. Do you know that? I have something called reckoning? (laughs) Yeah. I think we better refresh your memory. Okay. Born of the fires of the blackest pits of hell, angels for a new world rise, wings of the blackest feathers, Iron, rot from the ovens of Hades, modern masochistic cherubs ready to make our dreams come true. Eyes bleeding the blackest onyx, tar teardrops born of joy, as poison-tipped arrows pierce our hearts, their fierce teeth chomp, hungry for lost innocence. Scripture points the finger as our Savior condemns, Judged as one, broken promises litter the pathway as the pearly gates corrupt. They travel now among us, our hearts content to tend to our needs, convinced there is no saving, souls less worthy than our own. We do not make the world. Their laughter, often silent, a backtrack to lullabies. Alas, like our hearts, we closed our ears to truth so very long ago. Save me now. The hurt has become far too much for me to bear. This heart so heavy, this mind confused. I played by the rules, prayed by the fools, believed every promise. Looked above for God, looked below for devils, oblivious to the war that wages within. Well, a blast from the past, eh? Indeed, indeed. I'm like blushing over here. <laughs> Why? It was very I uplifting. <laughs> I just feel so so much joy now. <laughs> oh my gosh, you oh make my. me laugh, Roger. That was great. Well I hate my voice. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> Had to add in a little tap dancing for you, too. 
cha-cha-cha. Well, we're not going <laughs> to let Susie out of this. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here's another one. This is by Susie. It's called Buried Definitions of It. Nothing is more deadly than a deserted waiting street. Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird. Early morning intuition opened the front door at the sound of a barking dog to discover an uneasy feeling justified. Crime stepped from the shadows, propped on an uncle's shoulders, forcing each one of my family to face it. No one could decide on what it was. Mama said, It was that damn boy crawling across the night to bring his evil to our doorstep. Dad said, It breaks my heart. He is my brother, but I must turn him in. My little sister said, It was so scary to see that white t-shirt come out of the dark. I kept my thoughts to myself, that it tormenting me had risen from my nightmares and was eating toast and drinking milk. We all thought those taillights disappearing over the hill would be our freedom from the thing we couldn't agree on. But our lives weren't free of the unexpected lurking in the night. Two evenings later, on a quiet waiting street, peace was undone by shuffling feet, badges, and guns demanding we surrender a man already gone. Rattled, angry, and fearful, each one of us was trying again to define the thing that unsettled us. But the only thing we could agree on was the hope that it and Uncle brought to us would never return. Well, pretty wild. That's just goosebumps. It's actually a beautiful job, Susie. It's actually a true story. I think it really fits the That's even bigger goosebumps. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But it does fit the mood of where we are today. But, you know, we can laugh a little bit about some of this. And yes. <laughs> do a little bit of that. But um, It's the only thing no, that will save us in the end. Well, that's true. And, you know, it's it's like there are so many good people out there that, you know, all this nasty, ugly stuff that GMOs and different things like that are, are creating. Uh, what did I see? I saw something about, oh, Fukushima still going to town, you know, still pumping Gosh. out radioactive waste. And they said they actually had a picture somewhere of these mutated flowers, and I guess frogs have been mutated, and there's other wildlife in Japan that have been mutated. But we don't care. There's plenty we just more keep on trucking. People. Yeah. Before I forget, I have to mention this, and I I found it last week. It was given to me. Unfortunately, it's the last issue of what's called Shop Smart. Shop Smart one word from Consumer Reports. Eat healthy for less, the best deals on organics and more. So I thought I would mention that today. It's called Shop Mart. And it's the September issue. And it's still July, so, you know, you've got a little lead time on there. If you're uh, interested in some of the 
articles in there on the cover story are supermarket smarts, organic deals, um, shop smarter this month, shop talk, new stuff we love, and then there's editor's notes, et cetera, et cetera. So I definitely want to uh, make sure if you have a chance, uh, you can check it out at consumerreports.org. And uh, I was just very pleased by what I saw as far as cars, fashion, health and safety, food and drink, home and yard. But unfortunately, um, it looks like it's going to be the last issue. So I guess what happened is it wasn't a bomb or anything like that, but um, I guess they had to decide whether they were going to continue consumer reports or they were going to have um, Shop Smart. So I ah. guess what happened is the one lost out. And then there's also a 2016 buying guide that's now on sale from consumerreports.org for books. But um, you know, I, I I was hoping that wouldn't I wouldn't see anything like that in here, and. Uh, it's it's just a shame. So anyways, if you get a chance, the September issue of Shop Smart has some interesting stuff on it. Also has one on food expiration dates. So it had good questions. What's the difference between sell by, use by, and other terms on food packaging? Is it ever okay to yeah. use something once the date has passed? Somebody said yeah. I bet you that's an interesting article. Yes, it is. And um, so it's worth it looking that up. And that came from an email to uh, the magazine. And the answer is, dates on food packaging are set by the manufacturer and are there to help sources determine how long to keep the product on shelves. They also let consumers know the date after which the manufacturer thinks the product will no longer be good or at peak quality. It's not the last day a food can be safely eaten, says Elaine Close, one of our food experts. Texture and flavor may suffer a little bit, but, you know, it's up to the user. So check this out. And... um, got testing on tires, organic seals, uh, buy organics for less, and they com- compare different ones, uh, smart picks. It's got, let's see, it's a good, it's a regular size magazine with about 85, 86 pages. So we need all the help we can get. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, we do. I was looking for an email on here, but let's see. Oh, if you have any questions, here's a toll-free number, 1-866-428-5812. That might be your best bet to go and see where you can find these magazines. Who knows? Maybe all of our listeners will run and call them up and they'll have more issues. So I wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. And we have a new guest. We'd like to say hello to guest. 
729. Hello, guest. Gone. <laughs> we scared them away. <laughs> oh, talk to me. I think it's about time to scream, don't you, Natasha? I agree. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, there's Dagmar. She's from Norway. Or Sweden. Ooh, I better watch it. I think it's Dagmar. Yeah. Yeah, it is Dagmar. I wonder what time it is there. (laughs) So, it didn't play, did it? (laughs) No. (laughs) We'll try it again. We have remained silent, lounging in our attitude of non-involvement while atrocity has carved its initials into the women of the world. We cry when our feelings are hurt, drink bitter tea, and vomit disdain on any listening ear. Woe is me has become the accepted mantra of the self-consumed living in a narcissistic universe. Where was our outcry when a young woman was shot by the Taliban for demanding her right to receive an education? across the world isn't on our sidewalk, yet it is the horror knocking at the front door, praying compassion and change will answer it. The neighbor's wall vibrates with violence, but we only use our tongues for gossip. We retreat into our insulation, thinking her pain is not our problem. If not now, when will we speak? When will we raise our voices for more than an affront to our selfish sensibilities? It is time to scream, to send up a unified cry, to rattle the cage of complacency we have sequestered ourselves in. Because women are dying from our silence. Wow, that really indeed. That really fits in with our theme today, doesn't it? Definitely. It would have been it would have Apathy been really nice. Us nowhere. Right, at at the end there. If we would if I would have had a scream. I'll have to find that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but just so, so much Susie just delivers everything so well. Her reading, her her passion mm-hmm. when she reads. I'm so envious. I need lessons, Susie. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just, well, I have a daughter that's got a degree, two degrees in theater, so hey. <laughs> oh. There you go. We should all be so lucky. <laughs> right. And it's nice to see Dagmar here today all the way from Europe. Oh, she's gone. Yeah. Sweden. <laughs> we must have... <laughs> what? We must have scared You were her right, away. it's Sweden. Hmm? Oh, how did? Oh, okay. So, how are we going to do your segment now, Natasha? Natasha. Should we roll into something to consider, and then we'll have a chat with Matthew Hat? How does that sound? Sounds good. What would you like to do? I'm going to read my little piece called "To Like or Not to Like." 
Okay. And I'm going to start it off with a quote that we're all familiar with. Talent is God-given, be humble. Fame is man-given, be grateful. Conceit is self-given, be careful. These days, it is all too easy to sacrifice quality for quantity. Social networking requires constant content to stay relevant. For the artist, the drive to produce often means their work suffers. There's no denying that connecting with like-minded creators the world over is amazing, but can all too often be addictive. Relationships fostered have become much like the work being produced. Again, a question of sacrificing the quality of the relationships we're building over the quantity of the relationships we found ourselves trying to keep alive. I've spent a huge amount of my own time that I could have spent writing, producing crap quotations, and sharing and promoting the work of others who are trying to build a name for themselves. Often I have found myself sharing work I may find inferior or not to my liking for the sake of returning a like or a share. Other times I have promoted others fiercely in the hopes the action might be returned, never to receive so much as a thank you, let alone support of my own work. I was paying very little attention to the quality of the relationships I was building, and my work, not to mention my heart, suffered for it. It's important to remember it's real people on the other end of the connections we are making, no matter the name they give you. Real people are subject to a host of personality types, and it is so vital that we don't take their rejections personally. To quote a popular Facebook share, not everyone has the same heart as you. No matter the quality of work you're producing, if you dedicate hours a day to your networking platforms, your numbers are going to grow. Likes will increase, so will shares. But are you willing to forgo the passion that drives you to create to see something you wouldn't have dreamed of showing the world a year or two ago on your timeline? It belittles the purpose of the creating, those divine moments when our passions connect us to a part of the world's magic that is forgotten in numbers and popularity contests. With fame, you can't trust everybody. You can't depend on them being there for you as a person. They will only be there because of what you've got and what you can bring to their life. It's not a relationship. It's a leech. That was said by the ever-popular Chris Brown. Don't let the leech suck the creativity out of you. Return to the notebooks, the canvas, the crayons, the cameras. Create with integrity and let your work speak for itself. Don't be manipulated by trends, hashtags, and marketing ploys to snag your hard-won dollars in order to be seen. Know the game that's being played and let your work speak for you. The rewards of my poetry are so much sweeter when I haven't pimped the soul out of it. When a stranger who owes me nothing stumbles upon a blog post and is kind enough to share simply because it spoke to them. In your creative life, use the platforms as the wonderful tools they are but not lifelines. Share your work. Don't sell your soul. The definition of success, to me, is not necessarily a price tag, not fame, but having a good life and being able to say I did the right thing at the end of the day. Jeremy Luke. Very, very nice. And when when did you find that? When did I find the quotation or the article or <laughs> all all of it, you know. Just wondering if it's been it's around just, for I, a while. I, I I don't know if it's even been noticed, but I, I'm not 
nearly as active as I used to be on all of mm-hmm. the platforms because this this is my personal journey with you know social networking, the platforms, the sharing, the lack of the relationships, and sometimes I let the wrong ones in, and sometimes I make mistakes, and I, I believe everyone deserves a chance, and it's been very hard on me, and it's been hard on my work, and I found that I myself got caught up in the, oh my gosh, this only has two likes, why does this one have 40 likes? But the simple fact is, it's if they're not seeing your work, they can't like your work. Right, I slowly started to catch on. And, you know, I I got tired of asking for help or, you know, unmet expectations, I guess. So I went back to my journal and my pen and my paper. And I I still share and I still hashtag and all of that stuff. But I, I do it with a bit more balance now. I mean, one of the examples, like we mentioned before, the the Follow Fridays over on Twitter. Not that I don't appreciate them, but when you get caught up in a chain of, you know, 80 people who you've never so much as tweeted to is sending you show notes just because of that. It's so meaningless, and and I've come to understand that. I want my work to speak for itself. I don't want to have to force it down somebody's throat. I want them to want to read it. Right, and you want them to want to share it or retweet it. It's, I think it's part of the difficulties that we're having at this particular time. So many people, and I don't know how many or what numbers or what, it doesn't matter, are just there to stroke their own ego, you know, not to perform a service or not to give somebody a lift. And it uh, seems like we've been tra- traveling the same path here for, what, about three years, 2013, 2012? Yeah. Ever since, and I, you know, one-stop poetry, I mean, that to me was the premier spot on the web. And, That's uh, where I got my start, that they were the community that gave me the confidence to even share. Yeah. And, and I mean, did. it started with the reading and the camaraderie and the support. Oh, marvelous. And even to the point of, um, for the Twitter award, um, I mean, they, they would work as a unit, not as individuals trying to stimulate their own value or worth or, or something like that. And I think that we have taken a loss since they are no longer around. and uh, Without a doubt. You know, it's it's like I go back occasionally, and of course most of their information is gone now, but they do have the automated paper Lee for one-stop poetry. But uh, I do miss that group, and uh, yep. I don't miss the one that caused its demise, however, because we know who they are. (laughs) We do know. But, um, you know, if we're not striving to make the world a better place or our nation or our state or our province better, what are we doing? That's the only thing we're here to do. That is our only purpose. 
That's right. right, is to lighten the loads of others. Osho said, we are here to, long pause, we are here to enjoy life as much as possible and to do good for other people. And I think sometimes because we are nice to other people, they decide to take advantage of that niceness. Right, Natasha? Oh, indeed. And it's very hard not to let that change you. (laughs) Right. I know there's times that I just want to put it all in a paper bag and throw it away. But then that doesn't accomplish my purpose to help the people that really look forward to a Follow Friday or a Creative Wednesday and to give them a little bit of stimulation. But it doesn't also mean that I'm not going to watch as I have been watching certain individuals to see what they do. Some individuals, you know, you're lucky if you get a retweet out of them or something like that. That's what I say when I see it. It's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Because as I've been maintaining for quite a while now, if we don't start working together for the benefit of humanity and the planet, and I include the planet, we're in some serious trouble. But we're in the serious trouble. And and everybody, you know, it's like the old ostrich with its head in the ground. They're ignoring it. That Pacific Basin is radioactive. It's coming up on the, the west coast of the United States and Canada. Funny, you know, you even need electricity up there because the radioactivity would make it glow in the dark. Uh-huh. It's incredible. But, yeah. And um, then but, I mean, fracking. we can run. It's like everything else. We can talk and we can talk and we can talk. And, I mean, talking is the starting point, but without action, right, without making the leap to that next step, nothing's going to get done. Hmm. That's very true. I just, something just popped up here. Mankind will never see an end of trouble until lovers of wisdom come to hold political power or the holders of power become wisdoms of, become lovers of wisdom. And it's just technology. We have it, but how much of this technology is flawed? You know, we don't know. And that, we don't even know. Yeah. We've come leaps and bounds in such a short time. And, I mean, it, it was inevitable that, you know, we're going to run into hackers taking over our wallets and our cars. and Because oh the technology, goodness. we have it. We still don't understand it. But we've got it. <laughs> right. And it's just like Wi-Fi. Oh, everybody screams Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. But isn't there a downside to Wi-Fi if we're walking around in all these waves. And if I remember correctly, and I may not be remembering correctly, but it seems that at one time after uranium got popular, they were putting it in watches, and they would the watch would glow in the dark. So, you know, we there's learned. always... Yeah, yeah, the hard way. I wonder why my my hand is turned upside down. <laughs> Good grief. 
But the problem is we're learning. We're learning that the food that we're eating for the most part is pretty bad. I, you know, you can't get away from commercials anywhere, whether you're in a movie or you're at home on cable. And you see what they're selling. And I'm not going to name name or brands, but these peanut butter whatever, chocolate peanut butter things, um, you know, they're definitely made with awful products. The thing is, it's so large. And I'm wondering if it's so so large, all this use, that, um, you know, it just doesn't matter anymore. Our, that's another question. Is it really too late for anything to happen with the environment? What do you think, Natasha? I often wonder about that. and But, I mean, we've got politicians that still deny anything is happening. <laughs> so, I mean... What do you do? Like these That's are people that the people have chosen to, you know, run our countries and they're going to stand there and deny hard science. Right here in Canada you got Stephen Harper who doesn't give it two winks. Right? What He's shutting that? down freedom of speech for the scientists, right? They're not What is the yeah, purpose yeah. of science if <laughs> Yeah, that's just like it's they're doing it here to too. Me. Yeah, and the thing is, they want a subservient society. But you know, if you don't start your kids young, you know, you got to start them somewhere. Start them thinking. It's the old commercial. You know, I don't know which one it was, but question everything. And I think that's healthy to question everything. Yes. I mean, especially if you're riding around in a car, and the next thing you know, it's driving itself. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine? Oh my goodness! How... <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know. Leaps well, and bounds. We move forward, and we move yeah. twice as far back in relation to the things that really matter. Well, one day at a time. And uh, we'll continue to bring information and updates and uh, interesting stuff like that, just like you have an interview coming up right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Shall I'm we play you've something? I've got a, a certain Matthew hat waiting for me. <laughs> right. We're going to play something by Matthew Hat called Watermelon. Is that okay, Ma- uh, Natasha? I would love it. I would love for you to play it. Okay. Here we go. Matthew Hatton, Watermelon. And we'll be back after the song with Matthew.
Watermelon. I love it. I love it. So we'll see who's on the line here. Hello. Oh. Hello. It must be Matthew. Hi. It is. Hello. I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, we just played some watermelon. I just heard. I heard that. That's an older one. Yeah, it is. But it's got. It's so interesting. It makes you want to dance. Or something. Yeah. I'm still toe tapping. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. It's very good. How's the weather? Love it. How's the weather up there in Nova Scotia? Cold. Cold and like... damp. Oh. Well, that's not so good. I'd still take it. I'd love to be home. Yeah. I miss it something okay. terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, okay, uh, it's cold well, when you're here, but you know, sometimes it gets kind of Boring, I guess. I live in a small. I live in a small settlement, so there's not much going on here. We'll let you have some warm weather from Michigan. We're up in the 80s. Well, well I'll, I'll trade you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do like it a little cooler. Sweater weather is always good. Well, I'm going to back off now and let you and Natasha do your thing. Okay. Well, it was nice talking to you, Roger. Oh, yeah, you too, Matthew, anytime. You're part of the crew. Well, it's good to hear. Yeah. Okay, Natasha, take it away. And I'm running. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today, Matthew. Really You're welcome. Appreciate Thanks for having it. I know you had to sort some things out there to find some time, but we do yes. appreciate it. And no we just heard watermelon, which, like I said, still has my toes tapping. I think that yes. is a wonderful piece. But you're, uh, again, for people new to the program, you're a jack of many trades. You well, also do I, some uh, digital art and some painting, too. I do. I do try I've to... seen some fantastic... I've seen some fantastic images on your Instagram feed come across my oh. screen there, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about those. Oh, I don't know how to describe, just trying to express myself a little bit creatively, a little bit. I used to do mostly pop art, but I just try to do some folk art or outsider art. I don't know what you want to call it, but just trying to express what's in my head, I guess. Just kind of randomness mixed with who knows what. (laughs) 
that's the best kind of art. Who knows I suppose I try just try to make people try to make people look at it and try to think, you know, like what's he thinking or what's it mean to me or, you know, sometimes the pop art was kind of just kind of boring a little bit. It didn't, you know, it was nice, but it didn't really spark any thought. So this is what I try to do with the newer stuff. But I don't know if it's working or not. I just I just paint them and post them and hope for the best, I guess. Oh, it works for me, and I love the incorporation of some words as well because I, I'm a word monger. <laughs> of course. But the colors, and they're just so filled with life and brush strokes. And, and I, I hate to say it because it's like pigeonholing us again, but they, they have that taste of home for me as well. Right. Yeah, well, that's why I the images. Yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know, uh, I like Maude Lewis and stuff like that, so I kind of, my twist on that sort of thing, I guess. So you find you're preferring, like, the actual, the, the painting, you get to be more creative with that, more so than, like, the dig- digital pop art that you were working with? Well, I think it's all my mood. Like, I still do a little bit of everything. It's just whatever kind of strikes me as what I need to express at the time. So, you know, lately it's been the outsider art. But, you know, I still do play around with the digital stuff, and I still have some pop art paintings planned. But it's just kind of, you know, whatever I'm feeling at the moment kind of thing. It's I never... You know, I, every time I plan on something, by the time I go to actually do it, it's, my idea is completely shifted. So it's whatever strikes <laughs> that's me. That's way. Yeah. So. That's the creative mindset, I think. <laughs> I think so, maybe. Or the madness. Who knows? <laughs> madness is a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. That's the right dose. <laughs> yeah. Just so have, little, you, just have you had it? Right, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask if you've had any um, opportunity to show some of your newer pieces. I haven't. I've, uh, I've, I'm pretty lazy when it comes to like networking, but I actually did mention to a, a local, well, in the city uh, gallery, uh, tried to put the bug in their ear having a show that was a little different. But I don't know if they're responsible. Like I say, I'm when it comes to networking the galleries and stuff like that I'm pretty I don't really know how to you know I don't know how to express myself where the my art's so different than the local stuff you find in galleries here you know I it's really yeah. a really a small you know percentage of the people would actually probably like it but you know I I I'm, I I see a lot of that up here I'm having a real hard time trying to venture out into the real world but we do have a a small gallery, and I, I've been to it. I didn't open my mouth, mind you, but you yeah. know, it, it's the proverbial landscapes, and yeah, that's you know, what it, that's standard here. The, the you know, the lighthouses, the flowers, the landscape. Yeah. The, you know, I, and nothing. I don't have anything against that. I mean, if that's what people. I mean, I never really wanted to pander to the crowd. You know, I could probably, yeah. if I wanted to create something that people would actually like, but I'd rather try to be true to myself and paint something that I like. So whether people are going to get it or not, that's a whole different story, I guess. And I think that, again, you know, to go back to the whole social networking thing and popularity and everything else, it can be hard to try to hang on to you when you start 
making that push for notoriety or fame or yeah. what have you, right? Because there is, you have these trends, right? And, you know, you know what people are looking for. You just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. So. And I, I know I've fallen prey to that a few times with, you know, some of my pictures. And I do play with paint. I, I don't post much of it, but I do enjoy the whole process of breaking out the brushes. And I find it's a totally different vehicle than the pen. Yes, I would imagine. <laughs> Yeah, so now I know. Back to the, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. No, no I was just going to say it's. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're dancing. The floor is yours. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's uh, it's hard to find a balance of what you know, without you know trying. I don't know. I hate to use the word sellout, but you know, to paint the uh, you know, same old thing that everyone paints. I, on my Twitter, I, you know, if I see one more of those drip paintings, I'm going to scream. I mean, <laughs> people, I don't know. I, I can't find the identity and, and the artist today. They all seem the same. I don't know where the standouts are. I don't know, but that's what people seem to like, I guess. Uh, you got to dig deep to find something original. And I mean, yeah. with with everything we have access to, you've got to dig that much deeper. And I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy seeing you come across my Instagram screen because it's just, it, it pops. And yeah, uh, I urge, I urge people to, uh, if they are on Instagram, right. At Matthew underscore hat. Right. You got to have a my look. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Because do it does, some... it stands out. Well, it's different. I think, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's possible to be original anymore, but I think it's original. Like it's kind of a combination of a different styles and different who knows what. Like I say, I just try to express myself. I don't know what that means, but that's what I try to do. Well, and I mean to stay true to you, right? I mean that—that's that, yeah. that's the mission that we're all on is ultimately finding allows us the release of what we're holding in, right? So yeah, and I, I think you do a fantastic job with these newer pieces. I've been seeing. Thank not you very much. I didn't enjoy the pop art as well. Yeah, I know. Really, I, know. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's you know I'm glad that I have some audience. You know, I, sometimes you wonder if you're screaming in the desert, but you know, it's nice when people actually. So, you know, notice you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And uh, hopefully some of our listeners will find their way to you and, and share the love a little bit, right? Because it can be quite discouraging because we're we're up against so many people out there now and not everyone's everybody has to, Everyone's trying to be it, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, those people that, that can work the systems and have the time to stroke the egos, then... It doesn't matter what they're painting; they're gonna get noticed, right? I know that's that's what's I, so frustrating. <laughs> I, I see so many what I would consider terrible paintings with, you know, like a thousand likes and all. And I don't understand what, what you know, if it's I don't know, art's weird. I guess it's more of a popularity contest than it is an actual skill. Not that I well, have, when it's no. when it's. Fifty percent art and fifty percent bikini selfies, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I do. I feel I feel your pain, man. Oh my goodness. Some of the stuff that's being written and doing so well shocks me. Yeah, definitely. It's all a matter yeah. of taste. Yeah. I mean you can't fault people for liking what they like, you know, you tell people to be themselves and be original so you can't get mad at what they you know what they like because they're just being themselves, yep. I guess. So. Exactly. Yeah. I don't but. you can't, but you do. But you do, yeah, I know. So now music wise and mix wise and sound wise, you're over on yep. SoundCloud still. Yes. Anything new coming down the pipeline there? Uh, I haven't been working on anything new, but I, I've been asked to come up with some people have been putting the bug in my ear to maybe come up with another couple tracks. I did po- a couple months ago, I did post some new ones on my SoundCloud, but they were new old ones that no one had heard before. But I haven't been working on them. I've been strictly dedicated to the painting and then real, obviously, real life stuff. So, yeah. So I've been busy to to sit down and make a beat the way I do it. Sometimes can be very time consuming. And I was just going to ask how long, like something like watermelon, how much time would go into perfecting that because everything was just so spot on. <laughs> uh, sometimes they just work out. So you know, I can take anywhere from a couple hours to a couple days to get to where. <clears throat> excuse me, I. I like it, so I mean, sometimes it just flows and fit together perfectly, effortlessly, and then other times it's a it's a struggle. So it's hard to give a time frame. It all depends. So do on you the have mood. particular programs or whatnot that, like, do you have your go-to programs that you would recommend software, for somebody that software-wise? You mean? I yeah. use I use Ableton Live, and I use a program called Reason. Now, are those something that's available for anyone who wanted to give this a whirl? Or are they like a, a well, simple download? Or well, you have to buy them, but any, I mean, anyone can access them. I mean, if you buy them, but uh, yeah, I mean, they just take time to get used to using. They're two different, completely different programs, so it all depends on how I want my uh, track to sound, what I use. So, right on. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on something that's a little off the art thing, but that I'm fascinated by, and that is your whole, um, you've got some folks close to the whole Oak Island. I do. My uncle is on the Curse of Oak Island, and Oak Island is about a five-minute drive from where I live, and my cousin is, my great-aunt's daughter is married to David Blankenship. Wow. Yeah. I knew you were close to it, and I and I seen you share a few posts regarding the uh, the series and whatnot. For those of you who don't know, it's fascinating. So, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts on the treasure? My thoughts on the treasure. <laughs> Is mm. there a treasure? I do think there's something there. I mean, there's they found a lot of things that you know point to something being there. I don't know if it's still there or what it is, but I do think there's something was there or is there. They're active. Today, they're, they're filming the new season right now. So they're actively looking right now. So, But everything's pretty hush-hush. It has hush, fascinated hush. me since I was a little girl. I think it was sixth grade. They carted us into Neptune Theater to see a play called uh, The Oak Island Treasure. 
and it had relic from the beachcombers in it. <laughs> okay. But ever since then, we, me and my family, we'd spend weekends at Oak Island Inn and whatnot. But you know, you always wonder, right? The, the curse and the mystery and the mm-hmm. intricacy of what has happened on that island and what they have built is incredible. It's fascinating, yeah. So much, so much mystery and so much uh, history that goes along with it. You know, They're doing tours today was tours today. They do tours every second weekend, and they were filled up this weekend. I think they're going to have 500 people on the, all the tours total, which is pretty oh good. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah. I used to I used to do uh, the security on the tours, but I'm unable to do that anymore. Oh, that's too bad. You must have enjoyed yeah. that. You must have met some pretty interesting folks. You definitely, on the tours, there's definitely some very interesting people with very interesting <laughs> ideas, to say the least. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. I, it's so awesome just to have that little, well, I mean, such a huge part of history right, right. in your backyard, right? It's very close. It blows my mind. I'm addicted to the show. Really? I watch it religiously. Yeah. Yeah. There was pretty, a time Hubby good. figured he might want to look for the treasure. <laughs> well, if you guys, next time you're in Nova Scotia, I can't, I'll see if I can't uh, get you on the island. Oh, my gosh. That would be just too surreal. I could write for days from that inspiration, good. I'm it's sure. A, <laughs> about a two-hour walking tour. So if you don't Perfect. mind walking. I'd also get my step requirements in. <laughs> you will. It's quite a, it's quite a jaunt to, from the uh, causeway till the out to the tragedy site. That's the farthest point on the island. It's quite a quite a walk, but it's you know in the summer in Nova Scotia it's quite beautiful. Lots of trees and the water, and if you don't mind the smell of the swamp, it's not too bad. Quite quite an inspiring landscape for sure. That's why it all is. the galleries are filled with those pictures, right? <laughs> they are. They, that's what. There's a million galleries in Nova Scotia, and they all have the same thing in them. Yep, lighthouses and seascapes. <laughs> yeah, lighthouses, flowers, and seascapes. Yeah. And that's about well, it. We, we've got to we got to get you into it because Nova Scotia does have a whole lot more to offer, including people like Matthew Hat. So. Well, I, That's be I, I, I agree with you, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I need to get more active in networking and, you know, I don't know. I, I'm torn between the, like, you know, do you show your, you know, do you force it on people or do you let people find it or, you know, do you let it simmer until it catches fire or, you know, I don't sure the t- right technique when it comes to art. You know, I don't it, know. It's hard and it's intimidating. I, I, I don't know if you've run into it, but, I mean, I, I find there's sometimes an attitude you get hit with, right? I was speaking with Roger earlier about the difference in, in people, right, and in regions, and I've got to experience a little bit of that, and it makes me more homesick than ever, mm-hmm. right? There's just, uh, it's interesting, <laughs> Yeah. It's this this particular community very artsy. You know, there's poetry in the park, stuff like that. And I am too scared to even venture out to even consider it because of general treatment at 
drive-throughs and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone in Nova Scotia is usually pretty friendly, but you know, I, I that's I I'm not scared of hearing no, but it's just I the repeat I over the years I've emailed so many websites and you know got the you're not right for us uh, letter. You know, I just you know I get them to get discouraged sometimes, and you think you know. Why bother? But then I think, you know, what if I do bother and they do say yes? So I'm torn between the do it or don't do it. So and, people... and they're people, right? What they what they say is not right for them today could be exactly what they're looking for tomorrow, right. depending on their mood. And yeah. So yeah, it's a hard call. That's me in the submission process, right? I, I, I don't submit to magazines and whatnot nearly as much as I should just because it is so discouraging when they you get that letter right? or that note. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it can be. But then I just, I so, always think, you know, it doesn't matter if they like me or not, I'm going to keep doing it. So eventually I, yeah. they'll have no choice but to like me. So kind of what Well, I'm you're very likable. Well, Take it thank from you. me. <laughs> and again, right, we've got the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash isodope. We've right. got you over on Twitter at Matthew underscore, underscore hat. hat. And the same for Instagram at Matthew okay. underscore hat. Is there anywhere else you'd like to maybe direct the phone? Uh, well, or? there's Matthew Hat. If you want to check out the whole works of, from the pop art to the pay, uh, at, abstract to the outsider you can, you can go it's my tumblers matthewhat.com and that has everything on there and it has probably more information than you need to know but it's there matthewhat.com <laughs> right on yeah so that's pretty Perfect. much all of it yeah and are, are you still hanging out there in the background roger do you have anything you'd like to lend to the conversation well what matthew says makes sense and the thing today is um, you know, there are a million tap dancers. There's a million artists, you know. And what you were saying about the likes and stuff like that, I really question why people do like sometimes. Maybe it's just to get their name on the post or something like that. People are very quirky. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had my share and, and too much, you know. But I would say the middle path, Matthew, is just mm-hmm. to submit without any feverishness with it. When you're creating your music, you know, don't don't be a music factory that just keeps turning out, turning out basically the same old thing, you know, ambient with an ambient overflow, you know, um, mm-hmm. because a lot of people do that. And they may think that they're they're creating some, well... Mozart piece for the future but they're really not you know Um, and so it's take your time create something that will last not something that you know you you, you put it in people's face there are some people that you see them so much it's kind of nauseating you know yeah uh, yeah it's like oh look at me look at me well I'm not looking at you and it's unfortunate <laughs> because people, for the most part, don't take the advice. And I've been flipping around the social media for quite a long time. And it's like, we don't want to see somebody in your face every day. You know, give it a break. Give it a little time. 
and um, we've had some wonderful things happen for somebody that I'll share with you at a later time who's actually gotten um, what did he get he got a some type of award and it, it may take a little bit of time in coming but that's where the quality not quantity comes mm. in right you know, don't flood the the uh, internet wave, and don't think that your work is is the best. Lots of shysters out there, and collaborations. Well, you can flip a coin on that, but <laughs> you know, yeah. you're doing the right thing. You're taking your time. A little exposure here, a little exposure there. Um, you know, some of the people that are reputable online. You know, here and abroad. And, uh, you know, just just take your time. Create the unique piece of music. Create something new. And that's the key. That breath of fresh air whole, in our timelines. Right. And I think Natasha and I have talked about this before. Don't do it for anybody's approval but your own. Yeah, Isn't that right, Natasha? Do it for the fun mm-hmm. of it. Not for, yeah. I'm going to show it on the XYZ. But I like your work. You know that, Matthew. I think it's very good. I do. Thank you very much. You always, you're very supportive. Well, I see something different. And I know you, you're still doing a little bit of combination of this, that, and the other thing. But, um, you know, for those with eyes to see the art, for those with ears to hear the music and the sound. And um, I'm venturing into some new projects, too. And, um, you know, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm just being very careful on who I buddy up with anymore. Because I've gotten... Amen. They are out there <laughs> waiting they for are. you. They burn you out for the good people. <laughs> the good people Man. of America. I remember that one. <laughs> you do too, I think, don't you? <laughs> I just uh, talking to Matthew just makes me want to go home that much more. I'm gonna cry well, now. <laughs> you'll be there soon. We can't stay where we are because things are changing. And uh, yes, you know, are they fracking up yes. in Nova Scotia? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's banned here. Good. I know. I think it's banned in New Brunswick or something. I'm not sure. I don't think they do frack here. No. Oh, not, that, okay. not that I'm aware of. I could be wrong, but. I don't think so. But, um, yeah, good interview, Matthew. And, uh, you know, I think your perspectives, you know, being heard are important too. So, you know, you could even, um, if you wanted to, you could even SoundCloud something that you wanted to do if you couldn't make the show, and we could play it on the show. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Oh, well. I love We've the attitude running... and that. We need more Matthew. <laughs> yeah, we do. And your color combinations are, you know, they're right there. They jump out at you. But we want to take it, you know, thank you for taking the time. And um, I hope everything is all right with your nan. And She's good. She's just, she has company right now, so. Oh, good, good. Because yeah. I Worked think about her well. every time. Yeah, mm-hmm. think about you. Let her listen to the show maybe later. Yeah, <laughs> I will. 
Okay, well, I'm going to hand this back to Natasha, but um, thank you for continuing on with the Nexus Cafe, Matthew, and you know, giving thank us you your input for having and me. suggestions. Well, you're a gem. See, we want to be able to tell people we knew Matthew when. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we all come up to visit, and he takes us on a tour of Oak Island. <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, I'm turning this back over to Natasha. Thanks again, okay. Matthew. Thank you, Roger. You're welcome. So we've been talking with Matthew yep. Hatt, and Matthew is an artist from Nova Scotia, and he's also worldwide, like we all are, Twitter. Matthew underscore hat Instagram Matthew underscore hat over on Facebook you can find his work at facebook.com slash isodope I-S-O-D-O-P-E and MatthewHat.com for the full story did I get everything? you got it you got it awesome you got it <laughs> thanks so much Matthew it's been awesome talking to you alright well thank you very much you for having me you even sound like home <laughs> I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. For me, it's very good. <laughs> Nova Scotia pirate accent, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. The blue Nova Scotia. <laughs> All right, then. Well, thanks for having me again. Okay, anytime, thanks Matthew. Thanks for your time, Matt. Appreciate it. All right, it. thank you. Bye. Bye. And now we've, and now we've got Susie. Hello. <laughs> there we go. Take it away, Natasha. Susie's got a lovely artifact for us today. I'm excited about this one, Susie. We're going to talk architecture, and it's a particular building that has really played a vital role in your life over the past little bit. So the floor is yours. Okay. Well, um, some people know through uh, interaction on Facebook and different places that my oldest daughter has an autoimmune disease. So we have been recently, she was in the hospital. It's Memorial Hermann in Houston, Texas. And if anyone has seen an episode of House, the TV show, he's a rheumatologist and they have this whole team that try to figure out what is wrong with someone. That's what happened to my daughter. Only she had rheumatology she had infectious disease, she had pulmonology, she, all the ologies were in there. And it was outside her room, they were grouped around computers trying to figure out what was wrong with her. Um, she had a, her blood pressure, excuse me, blood pressure at one point got to 63 over 40. She had a pulse rate of 29, and no one could figure out what was happening to her. And... Um, the great news is that she came through it. She's almost back to normal, but still they don't know what happened to her. And at Memorial Herman Hospital, if you're in the community there in the medical uh, center in Houston, they have different hospitals, different places for testing, different doctor's office, offices, and that alone employs 52,000 people. So it's a wow. city within a city, medically. And at Memorial Hermann, 
you know, when you're sitting in her room and these machines keep going off and and in order for you to be any assistance to her, sometimes you have to leave the room so you can regroup yourself emotionally. Well, the hospital has numerous areas in it that contain art. And since I'm a photographer, even angles of lighting and windows attract my attention. And I've been to the facility numerous times. In fact, I was a patient myself at one point. And as I walked around during her latest day, I began to really focus in, I'd almost say, a, a visual escape, a mental escape from all that was going on in her room. Mm. And um, the oldest part of the hospital uh, was built in 1925, and it's a Spanish-looking uh, facade in the terracotta tile roofs juxtaposed against brand-new construction. So it's you go in different sections, you move from the old to the new to and in one section there's a hallway that's in the old part that it's tile floors and uh, darker in there. There's not a whole lot of lighting and um, it's comforting. You can go there for like a little bit of quiet time. And um, one part of it they have what is called their uh, war, their place of heroes, and it's nurses that, that have stepped beyond what was necessary. They went beyond that. And I wish I had photos of that section. I didn't have my phone with me that day, but they take, they pose, say the nurse, and then they transform her into an action hero. And in some instances, oh. uh, different things they had done. There was one uh, father, he was, I believe, Hindu, he had passed away, and the son did not want his body to go down to the morgue until it could be picked up. So they provided a room where the body could be. They could go in there and practice their faith and just prepared a sanctuary until their father could be picked up to be comforting. So she had a little action hero done of her. Another one was uh, there was a couple in there celebrating their anniversary, and how hard is it is it to be celebrating an anniversary with one of them in the hospital? So nurses had gone and got dinner, flowers, provided an atmosphere of romance for this couple as much as they could in the hospital, and they had their action figure. And it was just amazing that they're not only a hero to what they need to do inside for the patient, they go beyond that to try to make this a comforting experience for these people. So that was really, you know, I just walked through there going like, you know, teared up, you know, of the different instances and the portrayal of them as superheroes, which they are. They had their own character, and that was cool. Well, that the compassion is just incredible that the well, community yeah, because they that have you so speak many, you go through this hospital and you have different, you have the Cullen Building, you have the Heart Institute. I mean, it's just building after building after building. And there's a real emphasis there uh, on patient care, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And at one point, my daughter, I was actually not there. We had, my husband and I had gone home, but our youngest daughter was there with my daughter that was ill. 
And they had to call in rapid response because her heart rate had dropped so low. And they were like, what do we do? I mean, there was just, they were in here. I mean, you're overwhelmed with people. And and at that time, uh, a chaplain came. It, it scared my daughters. And she says, no, when the call goes out, I come because so many people in that instance are freaked out and they need some comfort. So that's why I come. So you see, they provide everything they can to try to help that patient get through whatever they're facing. And um, uh, they have what they call, it's, a, it's called a spire of light. And I have a little readout here. It's um, the, the spire reaches sky, skyward as a symbol of humankind's need to connect to the divine and stands as a beacon welcoming all that enter this place. It's made of stained glass and steel. And part of that, they used to have an, an original, um, uh, what was it, a place where you could go to a chapel where you could go to worship or to pray. And uh, when they did re- new construction, they took the stained glass to create this fire. And also in the new chapel, part of the stained glass is in the new chapel. And um, as I read further about this, it says, um, the transcendent structure, which stretches 43 feet into the open space above, is made of enameled steel and faces faced with 12 four-by-seven-foot panels of stained glass. This fire alerts sojourners that the we hold sacred the care of the soul and that the Dunn Chapel, a place of respite, is nearby. It's sort of a beacon that, that you know, they not only care for your physical, but your spiritual, and not far from that very spot, uh, uh, construction art piece is the chapel. It kind of directs you there, and it kind of centers in this one area that we, we just don't care. We care more than just your body. And uh, I, I noticed I have photographs. I actually put it, a few of them that I had taken on my uh, photography page. It's called, uh, it's Passion for Photography, and you can go. And it says Memorial Herman. But as I looked uh, <clears throat> at this one section, they have a lot of skylights in there to bring in light so you don't, you're not just totally seeing artificial light. You see it from the sky. And I looked up, and it was these stair steps up to a skylight looked like almost. And it was like, you know, I, I call it a stairway to heaven, stairway to spiritual, mm-hmm. stairway to, you know. And it was just a beautiful sight to me to go out. And as you walk around, like I, this, the section between the building my daughter was in and they moved her to the Heart Institute, there's this walkway, and the whole walls are nothing but glass. And it looks over the zoo. It looks over the other buildings. You can see rooftops and whatever. And, you know, a lot of people that are um, needing to, to walk as part of their recovery, their health, they're able to go up on that sky, skywalk and see part of the outdoors. That, so they have planned and thought uh, extensively on how they can uh, coordinate this to where you are comforted in so many, so many ways. Um, oh, like you said, they built the community right and building and people and light uh, yeah and i mean that's felt by patients and their family and it sounds incredible it is and it, it's also the 
in Houston, it's it's the teaching hospital for the Uni- University of Texas Medical School. So that's the reason when my daughter, when doctors came in, they came in with a, an attending doctor and at least six. My daughter started calling baby doctors. <laughs> huh? They were learning. She says, oh, there's another group of baby doctors. And, you know, she had, I won't go into detail, but it became it became too much. It just really came, became too much. But if you've ever seen House, I didn't think House was real. I do now because that's wow. what they, they do. They come with their team. And, um, but um, the, the nurses on the both floor, floors that she was on, they came in. They, um, they asked about her. Before the shift was over, they always stopped by to say, I'm going off shift. Um, they tell you who's coming on shift. You know, they just really communicate with you as much as they can, uh, you know, about your care and what's coming up and why they're doing it. And um, so it's it's just an awesome, if you you know, if you have to be somewhere. And, like, it, it, I, as I looked at my photographs, there's one section that it's just this hallway that was lit by skylights. It has plants. It has you know, light and shadow, um, you get a sense of being outside. And, you know, that's, this is just, and then they have art pieces. I have one where there's a, a spiral stairway and there's a group of seating, and then in the center of it is this curve with a sphere that's different colors that's sitting in it. And um, they have two or three of these art pieces incorporated in their stairways in different parts of the building. There's art, photographs all over every wall. I mean, it's just, like I said, it just really appeals to to a a lot of things that you need to get through your experience. Well, and it it also would go miles towards helping the patient, you know, maintain that sense of themselves and that sense of dignity, whereas I know – my experience with our healthcare system is it's triage and you're 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 a number, you're a patient rated and importance and you know, there I, I've never experienced that in a health environment, that sense of hope and well, it sounds uh, because to me. of my daughter's previous uh cancer, they she was placed first in the oncology floor, which her oncologist is he is just amazing he took over her care and he refers her to anybody he wants to refer her to because she had been to so many different doctors so he oversees it and he doesn't have to because she's no longer has has cancer you know she would do her checkups etc but he's taken over the managing of her entire care and it, it gets, what a trooper she is she is so and it's part of on the floor where she goes to the doctor's office and on the oncology floor, they have this bell that you ring. And I won't cry. It signifies your treatment is done. Like if you've gone through chemotherapy, your treatment is done, and they ring that bell. And oh, while we, the goal. Uh huh. They they finished. They completed. And while we, no. you know, she was in the, uh, her room one evening. The bell rang, and I knew what it meant, and I stepped out in the hall, and they had balloons and cakes. The nurses were just, and family, they were surrounding this person that had completed her, her care, and the nurses participated in it. 
and you know it's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's um, and this is what you have been dealing with these past well little while for sure, and you still found time to be here and share your story with us today. So that's awesome, Susie, and I hope Dawn knows how much we're praying for her as well. She's an incredible person. She had some really rough hours and moments there, but um, she rallied. She left, you know, when all this went on, my youngest daughter was there, and she was very upset because my daughter had to go down to do um, an MRI of her heart. And my youngest daughter was distraught. Dawn had hit a very low spot. We've never seen her that low. And then when she came back, she was laughing, and Don and Carrie said, "Did they give you a sedative, a happy pill, a happy shot down there?" Uh-huh. And Don, she knew that this MRI was going to take a while, and uh, because her heartbeat was so slow, and she said, "I just meditated. I went, I meditated the whole time I was there, and when she came back, she was a different person." And and that speaks to the power. There. Yes, finding that quiet spot. Yep. So anyway, Incredible. it was just she's been battling this for 17 years, and you know we've been through so many different things. But this last thing, as I walked around, and, and since uh, ironically, I had called my piece the, what I was going to do on the show artifact, and artifacted me while I was there. So I just thought it would be appropriate to share that. That was wonderful, and, and how appropriate it is, right? And, I mean, the power of creativity, right, and creatively thinking and going beyond the box to to reach these people and to ensure that their experience, not just the patients but their families, are, well, what a testament to hear from you today in regards to the job that they've done, right? What more could a, a, a team of professionals hope to hear? Yes, and, you know, I, I just, there's problems, of course. There's problems in any medical thing that's going on, but they try their best. And the nurses especially, I, they are just, they go way beyond what is asked of them because they care. And that makes it Good so... Good people. Yeah, great people. We... We needed the reminders of the good people today, and that's what you've brought us. <laughs> Everything ties together. Yes. What do you think about that? I think it's great. Kind of balance things out. Yes. Because, you know, we... If you are aware of, you know, any point, you're going to see what's going on. I just got a very upsetting message and from Karina Ravenscraft. The U.S. Congress passes the Dark Act. This act outlaws, outlaws GMO labeling at both the state and federal level. The Senate will vote next. What 
what in the world are they thinking? Now we can't even know what we're eating. You know, this is there is something seriously wrong. So well, and they passed where, like on their meat or where they where they passed that they don't have to have labeled where it came from. Right. This is sick. And then they're sending fish and chickens to China to be processed. Send them to China on the long boat to China. Send them back again. By the time they get back, they're going to be rotten anyways. Oh, no, we keep them on a freezer Gosh. shift. It's scary. I know. Today was, today was really a day. <laughs> but good news from Susie on the bright spot. And uh, bring, up to, bring us up to date on her family. But uh, I don't know where we're headed, folks, if we don't get some more people to start making a difference doesn't look so good but anyways we did try and end the show <laughs> on, a, on a positive manner which i think we accomplished that and a very nice show too thanks to matthew and dagmar for stopping by and natasha and Susie. um lots of information sharing and that's the important thing let's just not walk down the road la 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 like the fool <laughs> fall over the edge of the cliff but hopefully people will listen to this and it will get them to do things in their area whether it's California or Maine or Minnesota or Florida to wake them up and most of the childhood diseases they're uh, looking at nutrition and health and all these things so there you have it. Do you remember um, Agnew T. Pickens, Natasha? Yes, I do. He wrote some, or he wrote and read something called "Story About Our Box Masters." And he's quite a reader. Yes, quite a writer. I, I I thought it might be appropriate to play that as we close out the show. How's that? That sounds perfect, Roger. Okay, Any anything else you want to include here before we get to the wind-up? Just wanted to thank Susie and Matthew and, of course, you, and to the listeners out there. We did some venting today, but it was needed. We yeah. have to keep venting, keep talking. Yeah, keep we have doing. to keep bringing truth to the line. So we're going to end up with Agnew T. Pickens' story about our box masters. And remember his words. Story of the Boxmasters. For a long time, there was no news. We contented ourselves with sitting at table, eating and sharing stories most nights. Sometimes the stories would come to us sitting by the fire. The stories the fire would tell us. After a while... The boxes came with their shiny lights and cathode rays. And like moss to the flame, we huddled around the boxes, warmed in the glow. And the stories began to recede. We contented ourselves in forgetting our own stories and gathered around water coolers 
retelling the stories of our box masters and laughing only at the similarity of our programming. Our box masters grew tired of sitting in their heavy boxes, stationary, and asked us to carry them around. At first the box masters we carried around and round were quite cumbersome, so we made them smaller, cuter, more appealing. Soon we were no longer huddled like moths around a lamp, but fixed in fractal worlds of Babylon, our own. We ceased to listen to each other's stories, could no longer make sense of the creature sitting next to us, and so it was a trap well set by the box masters. Whoa, those box masters got us, didn't they, Natasha? <laughs> a trap well set. Well, thanks again to you and Susie and Matthew for bringing your light and information to the Nexus Cafe. And we'll be back in, what, a couple of weeks, Natasha? Sounds like a plan. I'm homeward bound. So <laughs> I'm going to get some of that Nova Scotia air. <laughs> when are you leaving? Uh, we should be leaving on the 5th. 5th of August, God willing, which is we're still trying to. A Wednesday. So would you be back yes. for the 9th then? Or not? Oh, no. I I won't be back until the 20th. Oh, so we schedule a show for the 23rd of August. Yeah, we would take the scenic yeah. route, yeah. Okay, we'll look <laughs> at the 23rd then. How's that, Natasha? That works perfectly for me. Well, we want it to work perfectly for you. <laughs> okay. Off we go. So we'll close it out with another song. And uh, we'll close it out with... Oh, let's see. What can we pick here? <laughs> well, let's let's figure close it off with one Hello World.
everyone stays at home and watches television and gets brainwashed. They're afraid to leave their homes and it costs too much to drive anywhere. Where is this magical life they promised that we read about that they taught us? Oh, it's been through since the 